Hi, fam. I'm Katie. And this is Ginny. And, and we, we are, are the Gabby, Gabby Girls. <laughs> Episode three of Gabby Girls. Welcome, everyone. Hello, Virginia. How are you today? Hey, Kate. I'm good. It's Friday again. Love that for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did your week go? It was super productive. It's very busy. I'm very busy at work, but I got so much off my to-do list and I'm going into the weekend feeling light. So that is phenomenal. That's a good feeling. Um, Like just to have all your things done and you're like, I don't have to worry about anything this weekend, actually just myself. 100% and chilling out. (laughs) Amazing. You got your PJs all planned and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And the the TV shows I'm going to binge. How are you and where are you? I'm good. I'm actually in Nashville right now um, here for a baby shower, which is happening tomorrow. So today, different kind of Nashville trip. (laughs) Um, So today we were like building a balloon arch and whatnot. So it's been good. Very the opposite of boring. I'll say that. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, so we've received a few requests to talk about the dynamic between our friendship. We have kind of a unique story and we actually go back over 20 years, which is shocking for people who are 28 years old. Um, We actually went to kindergarten and preschool together. So I guess like 1999, 1998, somewhere around there we met. Since the 1900s, baby. That's frightening. (laughs) It's frightening. So we're going to kind of dive into um, our relationship, where it started and kind of our journeys. Um, So yeah, let's just dive right in. Um, So I grew up in Heartland, Vermont. It is a very rural town, uh, I think 2,000 people, and I grew up pretty isolated. My parents um, built a house in the middle of the woods, and so I didn't really have neighbors or friends besides my younger sister, Um, and I think that was very impactful in my childhood because that's just something I always longed for was having more friends and having more social interaction because like, besides my family, there was truly none. I went to Montessori preschool, I guess, with Ginny, and then we went to kindergarten together, or was it just, okay, it was both? I think just preschool, right? I thought it was kindergarten. I went to, I think it was just, so I went to Montessori, and then in kindergarten, I went to Mount Leb. Okay. And we all split ways, because, so we had one other friend that we went to preschool with who we went to high school with, Wyatt. And he went to Plainfield, I went to Leb, you went to Waldorf. I, so then I stayed at Montessori, so then I was in Montessori for- And Jazzy went to Plainfield too, yeah. Right. I didn't go to uh, Waldorf for uh, kindergarten, only first grade. Okay. So you did two years at Montessori. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I did. Yeah, I did two years. Yeah. So we went to preschool and kindergarten together and I don't know, were we close? I can't remember. Did your parents have anything to say about that? Okay. So I was looking for pictures- And I don't, I like literally don't remember preschool at all, but the pictures, it's like, I think we were friends. I think so too. Like, I only know that because I've seen, I only know that I went to preschool with you because I've seen pictures. Yeah. I don't think four and five year olds have beef. So I think we were probably cool. But yeah, I, I remember I was friends with Duncan who went to I remember Duncan pulled his pants down once and it was the first time I ever saw a penis preschool. Oh Yeah. Do you remember that? 
I do. And he was so cute then, and he's still very cute. So shout out to Duncan. So cute. Um, and he was a great little kid. And I just remember the teachers were like, no. <laughs> and it was basically like Jazzy and I and Duncan were in a throuple. Like her and I shared him. But like I think she claimed him more as her boyfriend. But like we both were like in a relationship with him at four years old. So <laughs> that's amazing. When you're four, it's like that doesn't matter. You don't think that you're a throuple. Oh, no. You just all love each other. <laughs> Yep, polyamory is very accepted yes. um, in, in childhood adolescence. You only um, learn that you're supposed to have one. Right, totally. Oh. Um, so yeah, after Montessori, I went to Waldorf, which is kind of this um, hippie fringe school, if you've never kind of heard about it. They're very uh, nature-based. Um, we did like a lot of outdoor time. We didn't have sports. We had a very strict dress code. Uh, there was like no cafeteria classrooms were about like 10 to 14 kids and the really unique part of it is that you keep your teacher from first grade to eighth grade and the same class there's no interchanging of students so you can imagine that that's really positive for some aspects but for uh, on the other hand if you're kind of not socially accepted it really sucks for you because you are in the smallest fishbowl you can imagine so I did well uh, in Waldorf first through fourth or fifth grade, and that's really started, that kind of started um, the fractions between me and the rest of the class, and it started out with a couple girls bullying me, um, and this is just, this kind of sets the, the tone for my whole childhood into teenagehood, and I kind of break the cycle in college, but this is really what kind of drove me as a person because I got burned at a really young age from women. Um, and I really didn't even think I was a girl's girl up until about a couple years ago because I had been taught not to trust women. The guys are where I was comfortable. The guys are the ones that accepted me and that were nice to me. And at least I would know if they didn't like me or if they did. The girls playing kind of the manipulation games and the friends with you one day, not friends with you the other. You have to go through tests to be our friends. That was my entire middle school experience from fifth to eighth grade. I was walking into school and I didn't know who was my friend that day or who wasn't and if I even had friends. And it got so bad that my parents had to get involved. Other parents had to get involved. It was a very, very serious bullying situation where... I almost went to high school a year early. We were on the verge of sending me to high school just to get me out of this tiny microchasm of 14 kids who all chose me as the target. And I can't really remember if I was if I had fault in that. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I played into it a little bit. But when you're one against 14, that really fucks with you. It was it was even to the point where they would snap my bra every single time I would walk. They would make fun of all the clothes I wore. They would lift up my skirt and show my underwear. Like there was it it was it wasn't like pushing me into the lockers, but it was subtle manipulation and subtle bullying so that the teachers weren't catching it and they were all so smart about it. It's, I, I had to go through a lot of therapy and had to let a lot of that hurt go because I was so angry about those years for so many, so much time because I was just so deeply hurt. So 
I came off of a very rough eighth grade and I went into this um, also kind of fringe niche high school where it was a little bit bigger, but still kind of same thing. And a lot of those kids from my class went to this high school with me. So I didn't really even escape. I just kind of got more space, but it still was not a copacetic relationship. There was a lot of trauma being inflicted. And once I got a taste of freedom, being in high school, I went bananas. I started rebelling. I started sneaking out. I just needed to not be around people who already had preconceived notions of me. I always felt like I was being watched. Everyone knew my parents. So literally any move I would make, my parents would know about it before I could even tell them. And so I was basically always on the offensive my freshman year of high school, which was draining for me and for everyone around me. My parents kept asking, like, how can we support you? How can we help you? And I just literally didn't have an answer because, like, I didn't fucking know. I just needed to be seen and heard and no one was seeing or hearing me. When you have, like, you had your back up against the wall. Like, what are you, how are you supposed to act, you know? And how are you supposed to even know how to interact with other people? It was. It was a really, I, I look back at some of the decisions I made um, freshman year and I'm just very thankful that I'm still here because I went through a lot of shit that year. I went through a lot of fucking shit that year. Um, And I just wanna say one thing, because I didn't go to like a town school, I went to a school where you had to pay tuition. So Waldorf, you had to pay tuition. And so there was a bunch of people from all different towns. I didn't really naturally glide into a certain town the way that people who like grew up in Hartford or Lebanon or Hanover did. They kind of stuck with the Hanover, Lebanon or Hartford crew. I was friends with people from Hartford, from Woodstock, from Hanover. I had a lot of different friends um, who who actually liked me. So I hung out with them more than my school friends. Um, and so I kind of was a floater. Like I was one of the few people I feel like in, in, in our area where I was friends with a lot of like different kids from different schools. Yeah. I remember that. I remember like in high school, you'd be going to parties like in Hanover or something, which is not anything I would have ever done, but that's because you grew up going to school with like different, literally different towns. Like you just said. Yeah. 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 No, I went to school. I, I went to like parties all the way up in like Sharon, Vermont, Woodstock. Like I was like up and down the little upper valley, like just trying to get as much social interaction as I possibly could. Like literally any event that was going on, I was there because begging my da- parents for rides, trying to like finagle how I could lie and say I'm sleeping at a friend's house, but their her parents are actually going to drive us to this because I just wanted to be like a normal teenager I just wanted to have some sense of freedom like we didn't have a mall growing up like like we hardly had a movie theater right and I lived in the middle of nowhere so that movie theater was 40 minutes away so my parents would would have to like make it like a three and a half hour trip because they would have to stay for the length of the movie to pick me up because it was no point in driving all the way home it was just a difficult way to live as a young person who was just craving social interaction yeah um, so once about halfway through freshman year, my parents and I decided that this is just not the school for me. I need to look for other options. And so I go to a, t- I live in a town that's so small that we don't have a high school. That's why I went to this, um, academy anyway. So we have what's called school choice. So the town pays a certain amount for my tuition. So I basically could go to any public school in the area for free. If I wanted to go to a private school, they would cover part of the tuition and then my parents would make up the rest. So I, f- I shadowed three or four different schools in the area and 
my parents were a little bit concerned that I was just going to go to Hanover because that's where I had the most friends. But I admittedly hung out with kind of the fringe kids and the druggy kids because those were the people that easily accepted me. It gave me a bad reputation and a bad uh, name. And so people kind of assumed that what they were doing, I was doing, where I would say that I was very much just an observer, an innocent bystander in the majority of the things. I just needed friends. And so these were the only people that were gonna be friends with me. Um, so I heard my parents' concerns about me going to Hanover because I didn't want to be labeled a druggie or like a fringe kid going into a new school. I wanted to literally not be known. And that's why I chose Lebanon because I didn't really have any real close friends. I had people that I knew, Ginny and a couple of their kids from soccer and heart, like sports in my hometown and, you know, kind of throughout the years, but no one were, they could really say they really know me or like anything that I had done in the past couple of years. Like when she came into our school, she didn't have a reputation. Like we didn't know who you were. When I, I remember yeah. that. When you came, it wasn't like, oh, I've heard about her. She hangs out. We didn't know you. Right. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted like, so our high school was not big. It's two floors and like maybe two wings. That seemed enormous. I went to a like 2000 square foot school for the, my whole life. Like I saw, you know, the 120 people in my school every single day, uh, my whole life. So to go to a school where you can kind of get lost in the crowd and not, and you know, people aren't like looking at you and looking for you and monitoring you. I just immediately was like, it's like refreshing. Okay. Yeah. It just yeah, gave like me I can a, breathe. A minute. Like there's not always eyes on me. Yeah. It just yeah. gave me a minute just to breathe. And so how about you talk about, do you remember when I first joined Lev? Why don't you talk about that? You take it from here and then I'll add in bits. Okay. So Katie and I had very different experiences growing up where like, I don't remember anything. Like I remember bits and pieces and like things will jog my memory but it's not good. Like, I don't... So I'm going to tell you what I do now. Uh, I remember Katie came to Shadow, and we hit it off. Like, I remember we were sitting in the back of, like, a math class, and she was shadowing a different girl who was, like, kind of rude to her, by the way, the whole day. And I that I had no interest in that. Like, you can't just be mean to the new girl. So anyways, we hit it off. And then Katie ended up actually coming to our school. Like, how long after you shadowed? Like, a couple weeks? No, I think I shadowed at the end of freshman year. And then Oh, I... so it was, like, the next school year. But I did, I think I did the soccer program. Like, I think I, you know, I did, like, I tried to jump into as much lab stuff as I could right away so that it would be an easy transition. Right. Like, it felt quick. Um, and then, so one thing you have to know about Katie also is she's, like, stunning like one of those people that like she doesn't wear she doesn't think this about herself she's shaking her head but she's one of those people that like doesn't wear makeup and you see her and you're like holy shit like beautiful um and she's looked like that since she was in like the sixth grade she has a huge ass and she's beautiful and people hate that so you know coming into a new high school where a lot of in our town in our hometown little hometown people really care about appearance, like how things look and how will that look? If, like the way that you just said, you know, I hung out with the druggie, so they assumed I was doing drugs. Like that's how it went. So when Katie came into school, it was like almost competition for everyone. It was like they, everyone saw Katie, all the girls saw Katie and they were like, no, 
Like, I feel like that's that's exactly what happened. You're good at it sports. Was. The guys liked you. And also, you're you're a strong woman. Like, you say what you feel. You say what you mean. And that's that. So that catches people off guard. And a lot of people hate that. Like, I hate to say it, but beautiful and strong women are, like, hated. Mm-hmm. So you came into this high school thinking you were going to have a fresh start. And that's what she came to. Like, all the older girls just bullying her. And anyways, I I really, like, don't remember the specifics with us, but I do know that for the first week of school that you were there, like, we were friends, and then all of a sudden I was just like, well, one thing about me, we've talked about this, is just how I get the, I used to get the ick when people wanted to be my friend because I didn't like myself. So I'd be like, why, why are you trying to hang out with me? And that's literally what happened with us, is Katie wanted to be my friend, and I was just like, ew. Like, I mean, at the time, it, I, obviously, I didn't have this perspective. I wasn't like, no. I don't like you because <laughs> I don't like myself. I just, did, I was just like, I'm annoyed. Like, stop texting me. And that really hurt your feelings. Um, yeah, it did. It, it did. did. I think that, like, really hurt your feelings. And it did. So, yeah. yeah. You tell, tell from your side. Well, so I joined soccer. And I think I was a swinger, so I was JV to varsity, but I practiced with JV. And so I was mostly with freshmen. And so I started just hanging out with the freshman girls because immediately the sophomore girls in my class were like, no, you're not one of us. And so that was kind of my first start into, into friendship in the new, into the school. And so I think that kind of set the tone because I was just automatically just like, all right, my class wasn't like, automatically like, discounted. You. Yeah. And then I started, I had advisory with like Antonio and Holden and Andrew. And so I immediately started hanging out with them, which they were fringe kids, but then they kind of turned into druggies. And so I was just with the fringe kids here again. Because it's funny. They were I'm the still old... friends with all three of those boys. <laughs> They're great. They're so I great. Know. They're I know. Like... It's so funny. <laughs> but they were the only ones that like talked to me and accepted me because no one else would. And so I just was like, hey, if I, I need a lifeline here. Like anyone that's willing to hang out and like not kick me when I'm down, like I'm down to be your friend. And so that's like literally what I did. And I definitely, I'm sure I was annoying for you. Like I was so insecure because of all of the backlash I was facing. I would text Ginny like my outfit or I would ask her like what hairstyle I should wear because I just wanted to fit in. Like I just wanted. You cared and you were excited. I was so excited. I can't even tell you how excited I was. Like, and to be met with the resistance that I was, like, I, this is the craziest part. Okay. Probably my first or second week, I just had literally figured out the building. Like, like, you know what I mean? I had never been in a big school before. So I had no idea like how the the organization worked. Right. You knew Um, your route at that point. Like it took you two weeks. Yeah. And so I, and I barely knew anyone outside of my classrooms, let alone like the people in my classes. I... The principal walks in and pulls me out of class and brings me down to her office. And I'm terrified. I'm like shitting a brick because I'm just like, what the fuck could I have done? And she says, we've heard that you're planning to attack a girl and fight her. And I said, well, can you tell me who? And she named a girl and I literally didn't even know who she was. And I told, I told the principal that I said, I am so sorry that you've heard this, but truly, if you, if you put her in a lineup right now, I could not pick her out. I also got 
called to the principal's office and the uh, counselor's office for allegedly being pregnant, for allegedly doing heroin, for allegedly uh, d doing drugs at school. Yeah, I remember when they were at like, school. I remember when they thought you were high and it was like, I, but I also remember that it was like the teachers were saying that and all the students, like at least my friends, I mean, by the way, I didn't have a whole lot of friends either. Like I had my same, the same three friends I'm still friends with. Um, so, but I remember hearing that and just being like, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> like Katie's a chipper, loud person. So for you to be high at school would just be like, not, no, like, what are we Very doing? Very out of character. It was, yeah. it was always something. It was always something. Always, mm -hmm. always. And I can tell you, none of it was true. I was never pregnant. I've never used hard drugs. I didn't go to school fucked up, especially in like the first month of starting a new school. Like how stupid would I have to be? Like I was so happy to be there. This wasn't like a begrudging transition. This was a, finally something that I got to choose for myself and the adults in my life allowed. Like this was the first uh, feeling of, um, of autonomy I had like ever felt. So like, why would I go and fuck it up by trying to fight and trying to start, you know, it just, it would be counterproductive for me. And so I know actually who started these rumors um, and started all this bullshit. And so I, you know, it was really, really fucking hard for me. Let's just put it there. It was really fucking hard for me. <laughs> I don't even know who, you know, we don't have to name them, but I'd love to beat someone up. So <laughs> I'll text you after. Yeah, we can talk later. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so sophomore year was rough. I finally kind of, I think my hype died down. I think there was always kind of like ripples, but I think throughout the year, it kind of chilled. We talked briefly about the altercation with Ginny and her, her um, boyfriend at the time, Josh. That was one of the climaxes of our, of our, of our fights. We had another fight in the cafeteria, which... I don't, neither of us know what it was about, right? We just know what happened. Like, I just remember that Mr. McNamee came over and was like, hey, girls, is everything okay over here? And we're like, we're fine. And then we just kept like yelling at each other. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the only thing I really remember. But Did yeah, we, we started never... a food fight? No, like, I, I don't think so. Like, we were standing up. I remember we were standing up. But yeah. we, but we couldn't make it work. We never were friends in high school. Like there were times where we would be like, okay with each other and we'd talk and we did always try to look out for each other. Like if I heard something about her, I'd tell her. And if she heard something about yeah. me, she'd tell me. Yeah. And we didn't never took it well though. Like mm -hmm. if I was trying to help you out, it felt like an attack. And if you were trying to help me out, it also felt like an attack. Like we just couldn't get on the same page. Yeah. Um, and it was like really clear to see, like looking at us, like you would, we would, we feuded basically. I think, I think it's because we're so similar. Uh, 100%. And we also have like big personalities and we say what we yeah. mean and we say what we feel. And most people don't do that. So no. when you meet someone else who does, it's like you expect some, you, at, when you're someone who says what you mean and feel, you honestly expect other people are not being honest with you because you've been burned so many times is typically how it goes. 
And I was like an abused dog. Like I was just waiting yeah. for another person to hit out, like hit me. And so I just, my, like I said, I was always on the offensive. I was always mm-hmm. waiting for that next punch, that next jab. And so I was always drop. ready. Yeah. yeah. I was always ready to protect myself because like literally no one else would. Like I was, there was not one person at that school, like, you know, maybe a teacher, but like there was not one kid at that school that was like gonna have my back. Yeah. Yeah. So fresh sophomore year ends and I was not getting good grades and my parents were kind of at a breaking point because that was one of the deals is I had to get good grades and I had always struggled with grades um and I finally was just like okay like it's not my fault like you have to take me to uh, a psychiatrist or whoever it is that diagnoses ADD so I went to a doctor and I did like an eight hour test I did tested all day for so many things I got like a hundred page report back on my brain and what I'm good at and what I'm not and we found that I have very severe ADD and ADHD along with dyslexia and a touch of OCD um so So you were drowning you had been drowning totally drowning and he said that if it was a normal person they would have been flunking their entire life I was like a BC student. He said it was miraculous that I was able to get the grades that I was getting with my amount of problems. And that like really put my parents on their ass because they just, my whole life, they just thought it was always like a, I was a lazy problem or like a procrastinator. But really you were like giving everything you had. Everything I got, everything I got. And so I finally was like, able you know like I was able to be like look it's not me and so I went on Stratera which is like a non-stimulant ADD med for my junior year my grades immediately went into days it's crazy when you take when you take ADHD medication for the first time and you're like it's like putting glasses on for the first time like yes holy shit this is how other people see this is how people get up in the morning and just like do what they have to do yeah like, yeah. did I really so just you, close all my cabinets, like, after I used each of them, you know? like Well, well and for me, it like was that. just, like, it reduced so much stress and strain because, like, I my parents were always pissed at me for not getting good grades. My parents were always pissed at me. All this shit was going on at the school. They always thought it was a me problem. Um, I didn't have friends at school. Teachers didn't really get me because, like, they didn't know and me. And you almost feel crazy when you're, like, telling your parents something's wrong and everyone's like, no, you're just not trying hard. Yeah. Or, like, it's a you problem. Yeah. Like, maybe, but I don't know how to fix it. So, like, can you help me out? Um, so, entering into junior, junior year, it was much better for me. I think I I think I made, I've made varsity. I went and checked. I made varsity soccer, which was really good for my self-esteem. And I was able to hang out with, like, older girls that weren't, like, that were more low-key that didn't bully me. And so that, like, made me feel more secure just knowing that I had some sort of, like, people in the school that would at least acknowledge my presence Um, but then something extremely traumatic, um, and heartbreaking happened in, in, um, the fall, one of our classmates and, um, good friends, Jasmine, who we mentioned earlier, we went to Montessori with her. She took her own life, um, after an altercation with some of the girls on the varsity soccer team. And I was witness to that. And one of those girls, by the way, was like the girl that you shadowed and was mean to you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that I think really changed everything for everyone in our school because I remember going into school that day and uh, the unity 
and the collective that our class showed um, during that time period really showed, it, it, it changed my opinion of everyone because it proved that our cores were okay. You know, like people at least had a soul. Like that was- Like we were all, we all were just there for each other. Yes, like, yes. We were, it rocked our school. Rocked it, rocked um, our community, our whole community. Yeah. Um, she was in my advisory actually. And it was like, I remember it was five, it was five girls. And then all of a sudden there was four. Yeah. And like, you're in that advisory, you know, for four your years. whole yeah. high school. And it was so crazy. Just like a true member of our community just like is gone. Yeah. And yeah, it really, it shook, it shook us all. And it, and it did, I think it kind of, I don't want to say snapped us into being nice, but maybe just having no, like more, it definitely did. Like, and definitely having like more patience with each other and yeah. No, it did. It definitely made people give everyone some grace because it just like really, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's so, it's unfortunate that it took this, but it just made people start thinking outside of themselves and being like, oh, maybe someone else is going through something. Maybe I should take a minute before I say this or, or, or react this way. Maybe I should just be introspective for a second. And I, I think that set the tone for the rest of our school, our high school experience, because our class went through such a traumatic experience. Agreed. And I also will say that like the class, so when we were juniors, or I guess when we were sophomore, those seniors were like evil, Um, like absolutely evil. They were so mean. They were like the definition of bullying, like the shit that you see in movies. They were mean mean girls. Like there was a Regina George. They were mean. Just straight up mean. Yeah. So when they they had graduated and the class above us were they were kind. So yes. our junior year is when this happened and it was like all most of the toxic people had already were gone and then this occurred and it was like p- almost pleasant going to school after yes. that. Yes it was. It honestly was. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um yeah, there were some people who also bullied poor Jasmine and that was brought to light. And that was very widely talked about in the community. And so some people really got a dose of reality about their behavior and the way that they spoke to people because um, shit was not okay. Yeah. Like it's a little more serious than just starting rumors and stuff. It's like kind of how it felt. Like yeah. this is we're This is real life. You can't just like, yeah. 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 Yep. So that I think is pretty much like the major things um, from high school for us, uh, senior year was like pretty smooth sailing after that. Um, we just lived in our own universes. Yeah. I think I rose through the ranks each year. I got a little bit better. And, um, one of the most like, you had your group of friends senior year. I remember that. Yeah. And like one of the most defining moments is like this very popular girl, my senior year turned to me and goes, you're like pretty cool. Why wasn't, why weren't we friends like earlier in the school year? And I said, because you bullied me. She didn't know how to respond to that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you didn't give me a chance. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Cause you, cause you told people yeah. that I did heroin. So at, right. at 15. So great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that takes us to kind of uh, freshman year of our college, which, but also I remember, I just had this memory. So at graduation, I feel like you and I were friends because there's a, I have a picture of you and Trey at my little brother, Trey, like he loved Katie. And I think you came to my house for my birthday. 
because so we had been kind of just existing in our own universes. Oh my God, I'm remembering things. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know, I had a birthday party at my house, like a little one. And you actually, it wasn't my birthday through a surprise birthday party for Dave Hampton. Oh. And you were there. You came. I invited you. I remember inviting you, and I was like, I'm going to do it. They're really close. Like, this is Dave's party. She should be here. I invited you. And from then on, like, the rest of the year, we would we were fine. We were, like, acquaintances. We would say hi to each other if we saw each other. We didn't really have classes together, so it's not like we were around. I didn't play sports. Like, yeah. And so... I remember at graduation, there's a picture of Trey and Katie, and they're both just so happy. And I feel like that summer, right after that, like that summer is when we started hanging out. We decided to go to a party together, right? We went to Green Key. I think that was freshman year of college. Yeah, because... Oh, the that was reason- the next summer? No, 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 no. Yes. This is good because I, <laughs> I remember how we had our reconciliation is I DM'd you on Twitter, like in January or February after, I think probably Jake... And I broke up after he cheated on me with like eight girls. And like Sydney told me, like, I think like some people rallied because they were like, look, you're not around. I was I went to school in Philadelphia, so I was very far away from home and I was dating some guy from home. Oh, I just got the chills. I remember that. It was like you weren't around. And and he was just doing his own thing, literally. Oh, he 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 had sex with over eight women while we were together. Yeah. Um, so I think it was after that. And I remember it was like, I think it was like a little tipsy and I was about to go out and I just was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just DM Ginny because like, we need to like end this feud. I don't even know what prompted me to do it, but I DM'd you. And I think I apologized and just said like, can we move on? Like, I don't want us to be at odds anymore. And I think you apologized too. And then I think that was kind of it. And then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And then I remember you came to my house and we Mm -hmm. like got ready for a party together. It was like on break from college. We like got ready for a party together. And that night you got like shit hammered. And and I remember I like called your mom and the next day I called her because your car was at the house and I called her to like check on you. I was calling her. And I just remember your mom was like, she thanked me for caring. She was like, thank you for like being a friend. And it was our first, like literally our first day being friends. <laughs> and I was like, I yep. think we're friends now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. That was the worst. That was like one of the worst nights ever. Um, ended up in the hospital. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And then I was remembering like every break after that, like we would always hang out. Like I would always come to your Christmas party. We always would, I, I, you know, we always would just hang out because I think we both just liked each other. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, or the come up was classic. Like we had to hate each other first and then realize like, I think I could like her as much as I didn't like her. And then it turns out way more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, now we're here. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of my story from childhood to, to going into college. Um, this is something that is vulnerable for me. Uh, I don't tell many people this entire story, A, because it's so lengthy, but um, also, it you know, I, I it's just hard. You know, it was so, there's a lot of pain. I had to release a lot of anger and other negative feelings that um, all related to kind of my schooling. Um, a lot of that was directed towards my parents because I just asked them why they chose these things for me. Um, so yeah, thankfully we're here. 
this is the journey of our friendship getting closer. Um, I know doing this podcast, it already has me this closer, but I just know that as we continue with this, it's going to make us basically sisters because we're going to talk every week about everything. And I'm really excited to be doing it with you. Me too. I love you. And it's like so funny how we just went from being literally in different universes to like finding safety in each other. Um, Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing, by the way. I know it's hard for you to be vulnerable. So that was, that was a lot. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening, honey. Love ya. (laughs) Love you too. Okay. So now that we've discussed our own lives, let's get into some shit. Okay. So I have a few Bravo things that I want to talk. Okay. So first things first, let's discuss Kyle and Mauricio. So there was rumors that came out this week that they are getting a divorce and they did post a joint statement saying like they're working through things. They had a tough year, but the rumors are not true. So I of course had to go do my own research and see like what the rumors are and what all this is because Kyle is famous in the Bravo world. She is an icon to be honest. She's like one of the original housewives So there's always people watching what Mm. she's up to. And this is what I found, okay? So Kyle and Mauricio are affectionate. Like they, you see them on TV and it makes you believe in love, to be honest. Like when Kyle met Mauricio, she was engaged. She said she met Mauricio and she took a ring off. She didn't want him to know she was engaged. Like that's how she felt right when she met him. So if you're part of the Bravo universe, you know this is a big deal. Um... All right, but here's some facts. So Mauricio posts on Instagram for Kyle's birthday, for Valentine's Day, for Mother's Day, for any event. And for some time, Kyle has not been, like, even liking the posts. Like, no, nothing. No interaction, no comments, nothing. Last year, she posted for Father's Day. This was, like, one of her last posts of Mauricio. She posted for Father's Day 2022 saying everything she said to him was in a, in a we context. Like she never said, I love you. Thanks for raising my kids. Nothing like that. Right. Everything she was saying was like, we love you. We are thank you. Thankful for you. Thank you for taking care of us. Things like that. Um, which if you weren't paying attention, that seems normal. Sure. But she has not, there's no pictures of them even really seen together. Like, close there's pictures of them standing next to each other for promo and things like that but no real pictures of them have been seen together since july 2022 intrigue yeah red flag even like at farah's wedding like they're not touching um the pictures like they're not no arms around each other you can see the distance now i know so now let's cue the rumors so kyle has this friend. Her name is Morgan Wade. She's a country singer. And she has, Kyle's been hanging out with her and is very close with her. Now, why this is like raising questions is not just because they're so close, but also they're kind of not, they have a questionable timeline. So Kyle said they met in February, 2022, and she made a whole Instagram post about it and just like basically how much she appreciates her. However, Morgan commented and said that they actually met two years ago. So just speaking of timelines, Kyle saying February 2022, 
what Morgan is saying is February 2021. Wow. So that's a big gap. And like, why, why lie if you're just friends? Right. Um, oh, one other thing about Mauricio is they did post. She did post a photo of him this year. It was a video and it was a promotional video for their the Netflix show. So that's all we've seen. Not like a picture of her and her husband. Like he was in the promotional video. Um, fast forward to the reunion. And we see that Kyle has this like heart tattoo on her wrist. She got a new tattoo and she's so weird about it. She's so vague. They're like, oh, what does it mean? She's like, um, it's a heart and it means something important is basically what she said. Now, Morgan has the same exact tattoo, that same heart. And this year, um, in June of this year, it was noticed that Morgan has a K tattoo on her arm and it's like Kyle's handwriting. Like Kyle does the loop and her K It's the same thing. So oh, people shit. are noticing that they're like extremely close. They're wearing rings on. The, she's not wearing Kyle's not wearing her wedding rings anymore. She stopped in the fall of last year. You notice like in all the pictures of her, she's hiding her left hand. She has her hand closed. She has a wet like a band on her ring, but the diamond's not there. So. At first, people were thinking like, oh, she's just wearing her wedding band. Maybe she's just not into the big diamond anymore. But Right, especially since like getting robbed. Like maybe she's right. having like a Kim K. She, yeah, she's had some traumatic events. Like she's had things stolen from her. Her house was broken into. That's an invasion of privacy. And it definitely makes people protect themselves more. So yeah. I think when this first started, when she wasn't wearing the ring, that's what was assumed. Now, I have been looking at close-ups of the band that she's been wearing. And I will say, it doesn't look like her wedding band. It doesn't look like her diamond band. Morgan was seen recently at a show. She holds a microphone. She's a singer wearing the same band. Wow. On her left hand. Yeah. So that this is all bringing up so much suspicion. Like, it, it's a lot. Now, Kyle has been sober for six months. And Morgan is sober. She's been sober for a couple of years. And I saw, you know, a lot of people are thinking, like, Kyle is sober for her new girlfriend. This is her girlfriend, mm. perhaps. But on the other side of that, I was, I've was i been kind of thinking about, like, what if that's her sponsor? Oh. Like, people get yeah. really close with their sponsor. And, like, what if that's just her good friend? And we've seen her and Teddy were so close, yeah. too. Like, Kyle has, that's how she gets. She has close friends. So I'm saying, like, this is sketchy to me, but I am saying there's a chance that no, this take. isn't that's what we great, think it is. That's a great, great option. Hell yeah. That's that. Right? And, like, Kyle's been seen at her shows and things like that. And I know people say, like, they're dating. But what if they're not? Yeah. What if they're just really good friends supporting each other through whatever's going yeah. on? Yeah, right, right. Wow. Um. Wow, that really kind of that 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 might be you might be on something there, Jenny. Um, I've two, I've one, I've one theory, and then one thing, one no is, in um a lot of the housewife shows, we've been kind of seeing pot kind of make uh its entrance as a substance, the edibles, yeah, instead mm -hmm. of just alcohol, and like even um I think like Atlanta they were smoking girl ultimate girls trip they were smoking on the in, girls trip yeah in Thailand and I know Mauricio is a weed lover and so I wonder if that plays into any part of the sobriety thing too because um to our knowledge he's not sober and not California sober 
Um, another theory that I saw, which I think is kind of hilarious, is maybe Mauricio and Kyle are open and Morgan is um, accepted by both of them. That could be. I like that theory. I'm like so interested to see the season of The Housewives because they're filming. Like, yeah. is Morgan going to be on the show? I want to see them interact. Like, I've seen pictures and I've seen, literally, that's it. I've seen pictures. I don't know what they're like together. Like, I see how that they look happy together, but I don't know. Like, are they yeah, touchy? No, are they? Yeah, we need to see the dynamic. Because yeah. Kyle is naturally a touchy person. Like, she's always, like, hugging Teddy and, like, you know, juggling boobs and, like, cuddling. Like, she's a very, like, you know, her splits, you know, she's she's just, like, a... She does the splits, yeah. So she's, I'm really interested to see. Like, I don't want to make an, a call like, like mm-hmm. that until I really know. I mean, looking at the facts, like, I have some ideas, but... yeah. But, like, we just explained with our whole story, like, you literally never know what's going on, so. Well, and so, um, let me ask you, what did you feel like, what did you feel like their statement, like, if you read between the lines of their statement, their joint statement, what did you think it was telling us? Like, I feel like they were telling us, leave us alone. Yeah. That's literally what it felt like to me. Like, I, it it basically seemed like we don't, we're not answering questions right now. Right. Yeah, we're not discussing Like, they didn't leave... Right. Like, that's literally what they said. Like, they didn't leave room for, like... Interpretation. In open discussion. Yeah. It was like, this is, like, end of discussion until we're ready to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm also... I'm wondering, like, was it difficult because he got his own Netflix show, and so now he's on TV, which I would think that Kyle is grounded enough and secure enough in her marriage to, like, not let that affect her. But, um, you know, we know he's already getting DMs, like about uh, probably thousands of dms from women wanting him i can't imagine what it was like after they got to like see him on the agency on netflix um interacting with his kids like i feel like he's probably just flooded and we've known that kyle is like a little protective of that kind of stuff like she does not like women and she's talked about that on the show yeah. like, she's talked about how he gets a ton of dms and things like that yeah yeah so i wonder if that has kind of caused a rift just because he has more popularity now. Not more than her, but just more than he has usually. Yeah, and she, you notice she's doing other things too. Like she did, what movie did she do last year? A Halloween, a Halloween yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like they're both branching out. And I've, honestly, the more you work and the more you do things separate, people do grow apart and fight <laughs> when well, you're not now- together all the time. And yeah. Well, and now that Portia is a teenager, which is bananas mm-hmm. to think about, but, you know, a lot of people keep the marriage together, or they say they keep the marriage together for, for the, the kids. kids. And so now that a uh, majority of the kids are out, either in college or through college or about to get to college, they're, you know, Kyle and Mauricio maybe had to have a hard look at themselves and say, really, what's holding us together right now? Is it just the kids and, like, good sex? Is it are you really the person that I want to go spend the next 30 years with, like in retirement? You know, I'm sure they had to have some difficult conversations about where their, their relationship is. And I think that's very, um, very relevant for a lot of couples when you kind of become empty nesters. Yeah. And I think also like being everything they do is quite public. Mm -hmm. So it's got to add like more pressure and, uh, yeah. Okay. But that, uh, I can't stop thinking about this now that you mentioned the kids, Kim, from Atlanta. What's her last name? Zolziak. Did you see that they called off their divorce because they're going to try and work it out for the kids? Yeah. I, I, 
I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I, um, you know, the allegations that they were throwing at each other, domestic violence, uh, you know. Right. Like, how can you just turn around and be like, we're going to make it work for the kids? Like, what were you doing before? Right. The necessary. It wasn't working. Mental evaluations. Like, these are some big things that you're throwing at someone. And then to kind of be able to, like, to try to turn around and be like, actually, we're going to forgive and forget real fast. We're going to try to hold it together. I also think that, um. She has a spending problem. That's what it, I think has become very clear is she doesn't, she cannot hold on to money. Money burns a big hole in her pocket. Yeah. She like likes to live above her means because she likes to spend. Literally. And Andy Cohen has talked about it. He said every single reunion when she was on Atlanta, he would ask her, are you saving it, Kim? Are you saving it, Kim? Like, make sure you're not spending it all because, and Tamara Judge talks about this all the time on her podcast. That money dries up fast. And when you're used to making um, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and that goes away immediately, you can't keep up the same lifestyle that you've been accustomed to. And I don't... Your lifestyle has to change. Yeah. Unless you, you're really good at investing and you've set yourself up for success. Which, Kim, yeah. I, I, was, I tried to watch the first season of Atlanta, um, but the camera quality honestly deterred me. Um, I know it's so hard to watch. It's like widescreen. Like, it, you know what I mean? And it's then like the storylines are just frame. so bad. Yeah. But yeah. In that a... first season, it's like when they're like trying to, they're like moving and they're not moving and like they, they're renting and it's a whole thing. It's all about money. Yeah. And then Big Papa buying her a car and Big Papa buying her this. And like, she's always on the phone with Big Papa, just ripping cigs in her house around her kids. I just am like, man, this is, I feel like the root of who Kim Zolciak is. Like maybe she's changed the outward appearance and everything, but like, I think this is a very good indication of what she's like on a daily basis. Right. And like, why do you want to raise your kids like that too? Like, why do you want to raise your kids to only value like the material things and want more than what they have all the time? Yeah. And we've like, seen to do that in front of your kids is hard. That's hard. And we've kind of seen her two kids, Brielle and whatever the other one's name is. They've kind of come and like supported Croy because I think he's been the only constant in their life. And like, he's, uh, yeah. he's like a pretty, you know, he may be, you know, can't judge him for marrying Kim, but like, he seems to be relatively steady. You know, he seems to be not bananas, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, well, you can't have two crazy parents. <laughs> that is a nightmare. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. But wow, typically you need yeah. one person grounding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll be covering all things Real Housewives and mm -hmm. um, marriage statuses as more things come out. Obviously hoping that Kyle and Mauricio can be together because they just seem to be such a good couple and they've been together so long. Kim and Croy, I hope you break up and I hope you both go to therapy and maybe get a financial planner that is in charge of your bank account. Like a financial garter. Like someone yeah. to literally have control. Like you get an allowance. Yeah. <laughs> like someone someone else needs to be like the power of attorney type yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, and wh while we're talking Bravo real quick, um, Ariana is going on Dancing with the Stars. So from Vanderpump Rules, Ariana, it was just announced. They haven't announced the rest of the staff. I mean, staff. The rest of the cast for Dancing with the Stars. But they did announce her. That is so cool. By the way, Tom's probably shitting himself because you know it's his dream to, like, be dancing on stage. Confirmed he is filming. They saw today on Bravo Bitches that he is filming. He is at Sir or Tom Tom, one of them, and he is filming. Um, With Schwartz? Just by himself. They saw I I saw that he was filming with Schwartz. They were like sitting down somewhere um, at one of the restaurants. Okay, maybe I only saw the photos of just him, so maybe that was like an up post, up, like an updated post. But um, yeah, 
yeah, he's back, which we knew we talked about it last episode. There's no way Bravo was not going to bring him back, but everyone be prepared for another juicy season of Vanderpump because good Lord, bring it on. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we do a quick Titan update before we head out? Yeah. Go for it, girl. All right. So ocean gate Titan. Um, we've been talking about this a little bit each week, but I have a couple updates. I mean, nothing crazy, nothing new, but just more information that I've found out. So ocean gate has suspended all operations, obviously not shocking. Yeah. Um, and more information has been coming out about what happened that day. Mm -hmm. And just like, how much people knew the Navy specifically. Um, so when you're, there's sonar used underwater to detect sounds. Mm -hmm. That's how they heard, you know, the implosion and whatnot. Now, sonar will not pick up sounds that are repeated for a long time. So like if you're hearing a banging over and over for an hour, like they're, they basically discount that. Um, it won't alert anyone. Sure. Now, if you're an experienced diver, you know this and you know that if you need help, you have to do it like at different time intervals, right? An Got interval. It. So it's been, it was said that there was knocking heard on before the implosion um, every 30 minutes. And there's video of the knocking. It's absolutely chilling, bone chilling, um, which that tells us that they knew something was wrong before, before the ship imploded. Wow. Now, I know they've said that they have found some remains. I want to talk about what happens in an implosion. So when something implodes underwater, the air inside any submarine slash submersible has a high concentration of hydrocarbon vapors. So when an implosion occurs, this automatically ignites an explosion. Wow. Uh, and what happens when that, when something implodes and then explodes, is that, first of all, in the implosion, they're crushed instantly, and then it explodes, and they're incinerated. Turned to, like, dust. fat. Yeah. Like, dust. Like, there's... How did they find remains? What did they find? Like, it's impossible, based on the science of simply based on the implosion explosion reaction. Like it's just, it's not making sense. Is it confirmed now, that there was, is, is, does an implosion always mean an explosion or could there just be separate occasions? No. So because of all of the, the high concentration of the hydrocarbon vapors, it auto ignites an explosion after an implosion. And this all happens in, an implosion takes milliseconds. The explosion happens faster than you can blink an eye. Like it's, it, it's like boom, boom. Okay. It's just, that's how it goes. Okay. Um, yeah. So there really remains, I, I'm having a hard time with that, even that word. I, I can, you know what? All right. This goes into another story that came out this week. A, a scientist, I can't remember. I watched a whole thing about it. I can't remember where. He believes he found alien particles on the bottom of the ocean. And I was like, oh, like, part of a spaceship like who knows like you know like a couple inches no 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 like microscopic atoms that move differently than any other atoms we've ever seen in the world and so he is not confirmed that they're alien but he thinks they are alien because of the way that they move and the speed at which they move so remains could be microscopic bits if they like swept the 
the ground Mm -hmm. and they picked up all the sand around and then they're like going through it with whatever crazy microscopes or whatever they've got going on in the Navy that we don't know about. Remains could be molecular. Thank you for saying that. So when we're saying remains, I feel like people assume it's a body part, but it could be ashes. It could be dust. Yes. Right. Okay, good. We're caught up on that. Mm -hmm. Now, the other piece of this is, so before the ship went down, um, they had said that Boeing helped them create the ship. Boeing has since denied this, but like literally on their website, it said like they collaborated with Boeing, whatnot. Now, it has come out that the carbon fiber that, that Titan was made of is from Boeing And they said that it was purchased at like a discounted rate because it was old and carbon fiber, I found out, expires. So they went down, knowing this, knowing this, they went down in basically a fucking janky ass ship with parts that were not reliable. Holy shit. Yeah. And I saw, like, a couple Boeing employees, like, respond, and they were like, we would never, Boeing would never sell old materials, but carbon fiber does expire. Like, yeah, we think a lot of people wouldn't do a lot of things. Well, it may not have been expired, but it could have been, they could have had it. Right, maybe not at the time, but they weren't using it anymore. That's why they were selling it at a discounted rate, because they couldn't use it. This was the first carbon fiber ship, too. Like, they don't even know how regular carbon fiber behaves down that deep. Right? So it's pretty bad. Sheesh. Yeah. Well, get ready for all these lawsuits because you know these people are lawyered over the families of the victims are lawyered the fuck up. I know. I'll be really interested to see. Um, Speaking of attorneys and whatnot, we'll talk about Tom Girardi next week as well. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it that he's set to stand or he's found to be fit to stand trial is that is that what you've yeah, yeah. like the, you know they're they're basically their whole defense was that he was incompetent and they're saying he's he's fit he was competent when that happened and he's fit to stand trial so how can that be your defense okay let's deep dive into that next week so wow. yeah i know i'm i'm really interested to see you know everything that comes out but we'll we'll get into the tea next week the details and the numbers definitely the only thing that makes me happy is that Erica Jean, I don't believe has been, she's been basically, yeah, she's She's really out. out. This does not affect her. She's out. So Mm -hmm. this is a Tom thing. She knew nothing. That's decided. Yeah. Let us make that clear. Um, We stand with Erica Jean. (laughs) Yes. 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 Awesome. Well, this has been a really uh, awesome episode. It's our longest yet, and hopefully people enjoy kind of the vulnerability and the um, the things that we brought to the table today. And let us know if you had similar experiences or if you were the bullier in high school. Um, yeah, we want to we hear from you. So comment, rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. If you've made it this far, I want to hug you. Thank you. <laughs> Come back next week. That's another episode of Gabby Girls. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know what you think of us and the topics we talk about. We're not for everyone, and that's okay. Bye, Jen. Love ya. Bye, Kate. Love you more.